with season two of Project Distinct, the podcast that shows you how to make your efforts stand out so you can move up. Discover what it takes to grow your business and yourself with best-selling author and member of the Sales and Marketing Hall of Fame and the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame, Scott McCain. Hello again from Hobart, Tasmania. It's Scott McCain with Project Distinct. We sure got some interesting responses to yesterday's podcast about the price objections. So we're going to work on it again today. How do you deal with a customer that says they can get what you have less expensively elsewhere? How do we handle that is the topic of today's Project Distinct. Brought to you, as always, by the Ultimate Business Summit. We are six weeks away from the Ultimate Business Summit. Why haven't you signed up yet? It's your opportunity to get your questions answered by three best-selling authors and Hall of Fame speakers in a small group session. Over 90% of the people that come once come back. I don't know what more I can say about the value of the program than the investment that those people continually make and that you have the chance to be a part of this year. Don't have FOMO, fear of missing out. I promise once this thing gets going, you are going to miss being a part of this because it answers your specific questions about business. Just go to Ultimate businesssummit.com enter my first name scott is the code when you do checkout it's the coupon code scott it'll save you a hundred dollars on your registration come join us in vegas in six weeks for the ultimate business summit well it's an ongoing issue what happens when a competitor underprices you or what happens when a customer says well i can get it cheaper elsewhere <laughs> my buddy phil jones who wrote the incredible book exactly what to say often comments that the only group of people that lie more about price than salespeople are customers. And it's something that we need to face is sometimes when the customer says, I can buy it cheaper elsewhere, they really don't know that. It's just a tactic that they are using. You know, customers have more power than they've ever had before. They can go online and probably see the wholesale cost of what you have paid for the goods that you're selling. Or they can look and see what other people have paid for the service that you are providing. Therefore, customers have more knowledge and more power in the situation than ever before. One of the things I've talked about previously and, and want to repeat is I, I think much of the sales training that's out here today is woefully inadequate and, and totally out of touch. The reason is because it deals with old world selling issues when the customers didn't have the ability to get the knowledge and the information and therefore the power that they have coming into the selling situation. The 18 techniques of closing just don't work anymore in, in today's subscription economy and today's economy of knowledge and information where the customer has access to more than they've ever had before. So if you're still trying to do old school selling in this new era, that may be part of the reason there were challenges that you're facing in closing sales for your organization, your department, your team. So Let's take a look at some of the things that can happen, some of the things that you can say in addition to what we talked about yesterday of, of getting the right response that you want from customers. Uh, the, the example that was brought up at this program that we were talking about is a competitor that says, go out there and get the best price and we'll beat it by $500. One of the responses might be, well, that's kind of interesting. Why didn't they just tell you what their best price is? why did they make you go out and try to find the price and then they beat it by $500? Are, are they really on your side? See, the key is planting doubt in the minds of the people that think they have the power. If the customer thinks they can get the lowest price, your challenge is to plant doubt in their mind that it's the best value. 
So one of the things that you can do to discuss price, and this is according to my friend, uh, sales trainer consultant, Colleen Francis, you, you can ask up to three questions before you respond to their objection. Why do you suppose they made you that kind of offer? Don't they know their lowest price? Or uh, other kinds of questions that, oh, we get that a lot. So what do you think the lifetime cost of buying at the lowest price is? Those kinds of things. You can ask three questions, according to Colleen Francis, before responding to the objection. After the prospect has finished giving you that pitch, pause for three to five seconds, like hitting a mute button to show that you're thinking about it. Summarize the price objection in a few sentences. Then come back to your product's value. It, it's really important. Uh, here's an example from HubSpot.com. The prospect says, we really like the product, but you cost too much. You respond with silence. They come back, well, the other options are that the, uh, your competitor says that they'll give it to us at $500 less than your cheapest price. Is there any way you can come down a bit? You come back with, I understand. You know, we've had other customers just like you who were uneasy about the price at first or got quoted that with the competition. But what they found was, and then you build that in. It's important to respond to that. In the article from HubSpot.com, it lists 30 responses that we should consider to the price objection. Here's a few of my favorites. We're too expensive compared to what? It says here expensive is a relative term. If you can find out what the prospect is comparing your product or service to, you can more precisely differentiate the value. Another one is to say, I hear you. The best is often more expensive. According to sales expert Jeffrey James, a price objection isn't real until the customer has brought it up twice. Using this response the first time you hear it's too expensive can separate you from the prospects who truly don't have the budget and those who are merely kicking tires. Another question is, let's explore some creative strategies for fitting this into your budget. In other words, what you try to do is to talk about what are some of the strategies that you might have in terms of financing? What are some of the strategies that you might have in terms of service contracts that would change that? Let's say money was no object. Would this solve the problem? In other words, getting you back to value. Here's another. You know, their price might seem cheaper today, but let's break it down over the ownership of the product or service. In other words, a lump sum can seem scary to anybody especially if your price is higher than the competition. So figure with them what the cost of ownership is over the years or months or days that they will be utilizing the product. Price is an important consideration, so I have some context. How much research have you done on what the total typical lifetime investment is for a product or service like this? According to Andrew Quinn, the Vice President of Learning and Development at HubSpot, the question behind this one is, do you already know the lifetime value of what something like this will cost? See, many times due to prospect inexperience, they might be placing your product in the wrong category. We talked about that at the seminar yesterday in Tasmania, that while these folks in the car business are selling hundreds of cars every month, the customer is buying one every three, four, or five years. Therefore, they don't have the depth of knowledge they think they do about why the competitor has that lower price. So their inexperience is something that you have to deal with and work with them on to ask them if they know what the lifetime value cost is. Look, as we said yesterday, you're not going to solve this every time, 
But one of the ways that we can respond to it is just be understanding. You know, I understand. Uh, just this week, I've had two other customers just like you who were told this by a competitor. But what they found was empathize with the prospect and then address their concerns with a strong case study that proves your value is the best. Well, there's no easy answer, as I said yesterday. No magic wand you can wave and make this go away. But we can get better at our batting average. We can get better at our percentages in terms of who we can turn around and close in spite of the price objection. Now, when I say close just there, please understand what I mean is it's concluding this transaction so we can begin a relationship. I don't believe in closing in the general sense. You don't close relationships. You continue relationships. But you have to get the first transaction concluded to be able to establish the relationship, to prove the value of your service, and to deliver the ultimate customer experience. You're going to have to handle the price objection in many situations to accomplish that goal. That's what we're all about. And it's what you can make happen when you handle this with distinction. Hey, that's all for today from Tasmania. It's Scott McCain. Thanks for tuning in and subscribing and sharing. I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow right here on Project Distinct. You've been listening to the podcast to help you create distinction so you can stand out and move up. Project Distinct with Scott McCain. To have Scott become your virtual coach and to discover more distinctive resources, check out distinctionnation.com for free videos, posts, and more. To have Scott personally deliver his message at your next event, go to scottmccain.com. Please share today's message on social media and make sure to subscribe to Project Distinct on your favorite podcast app. We will see you tomorrow with another episode of Project Distinct. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.